Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Brubber. And this is Nerd Sesh. No! Oh my God, how could he do that? Are you on Charles? What? Charles Darwin. Today on what will be the final episode of Nerd Sesh before we take the rare week off, we will be doing our sixth installment of Trivia Time. We get treated to these about once a month. I quiz Logan on all things NFL history. He quizzes me on all things NBA history. And we get to show off a little bit. We get mm-hmm. to have fun. And then sometimes we look like fools. So, Logan, I'm going to throw it over to you. What's your first question for me? All right, Carson, who is the only player to average 30 points per game and at or less than 2.5 turnovers per game in a single season? I love this question. I absolutely love this question. So let's think. The first guy that comes to my mind is Michael Jordan. But I don't know if that's all that likely. It's Let's think about who it's not going to be. It's not going to be AI. It's not going to be Russell Westbrook. It could be a big man. And I'm wondering if it's Shaq. Did he ever average? Oh, I know he averaged 29 a few times. I don't know if Shaq ever averaged 30. Obviously, for like a Wilt or a Bob Pettit, they didn't have turnovers. They didn't start tracking turnovers until I want to say... 72 73 or that's when they started tracking steals i'm not gonna lie to you logan this is a very good question i'm running through not that many people period score 30 points a game i'm going to make my official guess no i can't do it i was gonna say Shaq. i don't think Shaq ever averaged 30 a game so we're gonna run through one more time and let's go through the 80s bird never averaged 30 it could be maybe oh i'm gonna throw one out there george gervin is that your official guess? That's my official guess. It is not George Gervin. My second guess. I'm sticking with this era now. I'm going to go Adrian Dantley. It is not Adrian Dantley, Carson. I'm going to tell you, you've already said this guy's name. So, is it Michael Jordan? It is MJ. You just kind of, you just overthought it a little bit. Um, Jordan did this three times. The 1990 wow. to 91 season, the 91 to 92 season, and the 95 to 96 season. You just you kind of overthought yourself there. Yeah, that was my instinct. My instinct was MJ, and then I, and then I, I guess I decided George Gervin was a better candidate. 
I'm an interesting guy. All right, Logan, we're going to start things off for you with a draft question, but not about an individual player or pick. Since 1970, which college has produced the most number one overall picks? This is a really nice question. Um, I dig it. Let, let's, let's think about it. Um, I don't know why I just thought Penn State off the bat. Others, Kajana Carter. Um, I think the school I'm probably going to say, now I'm going to run through my brain here to see if there's anyone that sticks out. Uh, USC is an interesting candidate because they produce Carson Palmer, and I mean, they produce a lot of high draft picks. Mark Sanchez. Let me let me think here. Uh, Baker Mayfield was Oklahoma. Kyler Murray was also Oklahoma. Sam Bradford. Oklahoma. I'm going to go Oklahoma. Oklahoma is correct. Oklahoma has five. No other school has more than three. They have, as you mentioned, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Sam Bradford, Billy Sims to the Lions in 1980, and Leroy Selman to the Bucks in 1976. So. They're in a class of their own as far as modern number one guys. You know, Carson, I really like that question. I'm glad you broke out the draft on me. Good. So am I. <laughs> All right, Carson, your second question. Now, you may not know this one off the top of your head, and it's just I kind of want it to be a head-scratcher. I don't know if I should expect you to get this one. But with that being said, what rookie has the most win shares this season? Okay. This is a good question. Uh, I have to think it's going to be John Morant, but the fact that you're asking it is making me think... It's somehow someone else. But I can't do that. I have to say John Morant. John Morant is in third with three win shares. Uh, what? What a ridiculous metric. Okay. That's that's why I'm asking because it's such an interesting... I don't know how Basketball Reference does this number because I would clearly think far and away Morant's the guy. Is it Kendrick Nunn? It is not Kendrick Nunn. Is it Tyler Hero? Both guys are in the West, the two above them. Okay, so... They must be on good teams then, because that means that they have more wins to account for overall that they can contribute to. Prominent rookies, Taylor Horton Tucker, that's a joke. Um, thinking on, I was about to say Lonnie Walker, that was, would have been a terrible guess. Above John Morant, not, not Zion Williamson. No, it is not Th Zion. Thank God. The two above them are actually teammates of both of those players, Zion and Ja. Okay, well, that definitely clears it up for the Grizzlies, because that's got to be Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is number one. Now, I mean, I think he has 4.2, if memory serves me. And can you name the other guy who's in second? Well, I'm trying to think Pelicans rookies. I was thinking Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes. It can't be one of those two. Is it Nikhil Alexander-Walker? It's Jackson Hayes with 3.5. What? Have I am Yeah, this is this is what this question was supposed to do to you. My mind is blown. I'm I'm genuinely speechless. Okay, let's move on. That's a weird one. Who is the active NFL sack leader? Ooh, okay, this is a good question. Um Is Terrell Suggs still current? Is he is does he still count? Yep. I, I think it's probably going to be T-Sizzle, but there are some other guys I need to talk through first. There's Von Miller, who I expect to have a lot. Khalil Mack. Has enough. They haven't been in the league long enough. T-Sizzle's been in the league a while. I'm going to go Terrell Suggs. That is correct. Um, by far, he's at 139. Next is Vaughn at 106. Only 30 years old. And the only other person to have cracked 100 is Cameron Wake at 100.5. Wake would have been on the short list after Mac. Yeah, hell of a career. Very underrated career, I think you could say. Well, also, he went and had to play in the CFL first, which I think adds to his story. Yeah. How good could this guy have been, I believe, out of Penn State if he had just been drafted initially? Yeah, when when did he get to the league? 28? Yeah, it was like 20, 
Maybe 20, 26. 26, I think. 28 is probably too old. In 2011, I believe, or 2010. But yeah, it just it begs a lot of questions. How good could this guy be on a career scale if he had been here his entire career? Mm-hmm. Uh, my next question for you, Carson. What current head coach has the lowest career win percentage? Is there a certain sample size that's needed? Like, does it have to be? None. Okay. So, <laughs> I was about to throw out the name J.B. Bickerstaff, but that can't. So, it's probably, I'm going to say Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce is actually second. Okay. Another relatively, I'm thinking it's got to be a relatively new guy to have a really low number, and also because they're still coaching in the league. So, who else has been coaching young teams like that is it james borrego it is not james borrego is he is he anywhere near on the list uh i he's not in the top three okay who else is young coaching bad teams well the worst teams in the league it's not gonna be i was gonna say well david fisdale is not an active coach anymore so he doesn't count um well, I'm going to let you think. An interesting fact, if John Beeline had still been coaching, he would have far and away have won this. Yeah. Winning percentage of 25.9. An absolute stud. An absolute stud. Um, Does Mike Miller qualify the Knicks interim coach? Mike Miller, I suppose, would, but he would still not be number one on this list. Okay, so someone is just doing horribly that I am not thinking of. Is it... It's not Steve Clifford. I think you're thinking too hard. Just think bad head coaches. Well, I was going to say, like, it's not Luke Walton because he went 39-4. and four. Although, actually, I don't know if that even counts, but obviously killed it with the Warriors for that stretch. Bad head coaches. Not Monty Williams. Not It's not Alvin Gentry, is it? It's not. Man, I'm really struggling here. Who else is there? It's not Scotty Brooks. I'm just thinking about the worst teams in the league right now. Oh, my God, Jim Boylan. Yes, Jim Boylan at 31.4%. Uh, you mentioned who was it? You mentioned Lloyd Pierce, 33.3%. Yeah. And then the third, Ryan Saunders with 34%. But, yes, Jim Boylan, terrible coach. That was – I mean, that should have been like my second guess. I think Lloyd Pierce made sense as the first one, but Boylan should have been right on the tip of my tongue. And he wasn't. He also met the criteria, only a second-year head coach. So I like that question. Moving on, who holds the record – for the most single-season receiving yards per game? Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, did they play the entire season? Yes. Okay. Or the majority of the season. Okay. Um, this is a strange question. Uh, I, I'm just thinking of the guys with you know, the most receiving yards in a single-season period. Calvin Johnson, Isaac Bruce, Antonio Brown. I'm going to go as a Steelers fan. I'm going to go Antonio Brown 2015. That is not correct. <laughs> Is this the correct era now? It is not the correct era. Um, I'm thinking now Packers wideouts from 1940. Um, it's not Paul Horning, is it? Paul Horning was a running back. It is not Paul Horning. <laughs> Who was the wideout? Is 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 there a are, ninth... you, are you thinking of Don Hudson? I am thinking of Don Hudson. It is not Don Hudson. All right, I'm just going to throw out um, Billy White Shoes Johnson. I genuinely don't know. Great guess, but a disaster. No, I mean, this is a tough one because the top three guys are so random. So Megatron, who obviously is the obvious guess, right, because he has a single-season record, he's actually fourth on this list. Number one is Wes Chandler from the 1982 season, averaged 129 a game. Fun fact, Peyton Manning's favorite player. Oh, I've heard that before from the video of him as a kid. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. 
So that is a fun fact for you. Of course, that's the lockout shortened season, but he played in eight of nine games, averaged oh. 1,032 yards, and had nine touchdowns. Jerry Rice has to be here, right? He's actually not in the top four. I think the season you're thinking of is when he played in only like 12 games but had over 20 touchdowns. I don't think he ever got quite that high with the receiving yards. Number two on this list is actually Charlie Hennigan with 124.7 yards per game in the 1961 season. 1,746 yards in 14 games. Wow. Then we get to Elroy Hirsch, who averaged 124.6 and had 1,495 and 17 touchdowns in 12 games in 1951, and then Megatron. So those guys putting up those numbers, considering the passing stats and the fact that guys were throwing for 40% of the yards they are right now, it's insane. That, that must be why they call them crazy legs. I think that's why I think that's why they do that. I've heard that. Um, number four here for you, Carson. What team has drafted from the number one overall spot the most? My first thought is the Cleveland Cavaliers because they have so many just within this century. They have LeBron, they have Kyrie, they have Wiggins, they have Anthony Bennett. But the Portland Trailblazers have a lot too. If you go all the way back to Kent Benson, LaRue Martin, Bill Walton, Michael Thompson, um, who have they had since then? They've had Greg Oden. So I think it's one of those two. I'm going to say, even though they haven't... Ha oh, Cleveland also has Brad Darty. So we're at five apiece, if I'm not mistaken. I is there a tie? No, it is not a tie. Is it one of those two teams? Yes. So who could I be missing? Let's think all the way back. I I'll, I'll give you the year. 1971. 71 is the one that you're missing was that that okay so that i want to say portland took was that sydney wicks no that's too early to be sydney wicks no i'm going portland it's the cleveland cavaliers you named every first round you ever you named every number one pick except for Austin Carr in nineteen seventy one. You know you know what genuinely makes me want to jump right now? I was thinking ML Carr and I was like, no, ML Carr played for the Celtics in the eighties. There's no way. Ha you You got you got a feel for you. You gotta think there's something wrong with me. Man, that was that was a close one. ML Carr, I had not ML Carr, Austin Carr. I had the car in my brain. That one hurts. Okay. I like that one a lot. Let's move on, Logan, to a record that I think we're both aware of. Paul Krause is the all-time leader in interceptions with 81 in his career. But who is second place on that list with 79? Larry Wilson. Not Larry Wilson. Ooh, 79. That's a lot. That's old school. Um, Dick LeBeau? Nope. Who are some other? Night Train Lane? Nope. It's one of the old guys, right? It is. Okay, so, I mean, obviously there was more interceptions, there was more contact downfield, so that's why I'm leaning towards the old guys. Um, I don't think Mel Blunt got up there. My next guess, until you agreed, was going to be Rod Woodson, because Woodson had a ton of interceptions, but if it's an old guy... Woodson is third on the list, Night Train is fourth on the list. Man, I'm, I'm dotting around it. Yep. Who is second? Carson, I think I'm going to have to concede this one. My next guest would be Willie Brown, but I don't think he's old enough to be considered super old school. Who is it? Emlyn Tunnell is the answer. Emlyn Tunnell, with 79, as I mentioned, had six or more interceptions in 10 straight seasons to start his career. Then we have Rod Woodson with 71 and Night Train Lane with 68. Yeah, I'm a little mad at myself for not getting that one, but not as mad. 
All right, um, number five. What NBA teams, and this is you know their entire franchise, have the best and worst winning percentages? Okay. Best, let's think about this. So the San Antonio Spurs pop into your mind first because they were pretty good in the 80s with Gervin. They were very good in the 90s, and they've been great in the 20s and the 2010s. So they, to me, are the primary candidate. But, of course, that's a foolish thing to say because of the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Houston Rockets, also a very historically good franchise. They had some some more dips, though. But if you think about it, good for most of the 80s, good for most of the 90s, and a playoff team for this entire century, basically. So I'm going to say it's between those four teams. The fact that you're asking this question makes me think it might not be the Celtics or the Lakers. But if I were to pick one of those two, boy, that would be tough to do because, no, I think I would go the Lakers between those two. And actually, I think I'm going to go the Lakers, but I would like to exercise my second guess option. Carson, the Lakers are have a career winning percentage of five nine four. They are second in the entire you know NBA. You do you did uh, invoke your mm-hmm. second guess yes, clause. So right. who are you going with? Well, I wanna I wanna get cute with it, but I can't. I gotta go with the Celtics. The Celtics are third with five nine zero. I think you're overthinking these it's, things. It's it, the Spurs. It's, okay. 62.2% lifetime. I think you've... Maybe you just go with your first guess. You would have gotten the Michael Jordan question. The Cavs. Yeah. And this one. Yeah, I'm a fool. I'm a fool. That's what we've learned. All right, let's see if I can mess up the worst. So, previously to this five-year stretch by the Warriors, I think they would have been in the conversation because they were very bad for a very long time. Although they did obviously have some good runs with um, Barry and with Wilt. So... Let's think about terrible franchises. The Magic, horribly run, but they've had enough good stretches and they haven't been around long enough. The Raptors, no, they've been good for a good chunk of their stretch. Grizzlies, probably not. Hornets, there's one to look for. Kings, there's one to look for. And I'm actually going to put my money down on on the Hornets. It's not the Hornets. I'm going to put my new money down on i was gonna say the pelicans i don't even know how their franchise history works no they're probably not bad enough i want to say the kings and i'm going to say the kings kings are actually lower than the hornets the hornets are 26th the kings are 24th okay so there's someone that has just been absolutely terrible i'm thinking maybe the nets not the nets that's, the, Net, the Nets are 27th. Like, you're getting closer yeah. and closer, but I think there's two big-time franchises that I would have said right off the bat. Okay, absolute just duds. Well, I feel like that's making me think you want me to say the, the Suns, but I don't want to say the Suns. I have too much respect for the Suns. The Hawks? Well, if we go back to St. Louis, they were pretty good in those days. The Suns are actually 7th in career win percentage. No kidding. It's kind of incredible. I mean, if you think about it, good for most of the 90s, good for most of the 2000s, good for the 70s. So, yeah, I mean, they've had a rough last decade, but okay, I'm totally missing out on someone. I must be. It's Is it an expansion team? Because that's where my mind goes first. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to concede because I've taken too long. The Minnesota Timberwolves at 39.8 or .398, and the Clippers would have been my next guess at 40.6 because they are 29th. 
Well, it's great that you would have had the two answers right off the bat. It's very impressive. I'm, I'm just saying that I felt this was a I felt this was a volleyball question. I was just you know lobbing it up for you for you to spike. Yeah, and then I thought about all the other bad franchises. Clippers didn't even occur to me somehow, despite the fact they didn't make a conference finals for you know thirty something years. All right, we're gonna hit you with a true and false, true or false <laughs> question, Logan. Despite being an all time great stealer and an obvious Hall of Famer, Franco Harris never rushed for twelve hundred yards and was never an All Pro. Mm. This is a good question, and a, a different style of question, obviously, it being true or false. Ugh, I feel like you want me to say... I feel like you want me to say false. I'm going to say false. He could. He had to have done one of those things. That's correct. He actually did both of them. He rushed for 1,246 and 75. He was all pro in 77, but he only did them both once. Yeah, I figured, I just tried to think of other running backs that would have been all pros in that time period, and I just don't think there were as many good running backs as Franco. Yeah, and what he really had was longevity. I mean, he was over 1,000 for like nine seasons mm-hmm. or something. Great for a long time. So my next question, Carson, is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward, and I think you'll know this. Who is the only G League alum to become an all-star? Okay. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get anything today, but let's see if I can try. Did Gilbert ever play in the G League? Did Draymond never played in the G League? I'm just trying to think about low draft picks. He's, I believe he was an all-star this year. Okay, so it's a modern guy. Whoa. Okay, this is a heroic story then that I've got to think about. Should I just run down all the All-Stars? Although it was not his first All-Star game. Okay. Good information to have. Good information to have. Um, Let me just think about all the All-Stars. Run them down in the West. Run them down in the East. Okay, I think that I have a guess. I believe it's going to be Jimmy Butler. It's not Jimmy Butler. Oh, I thought he's such a slow starter. 30th pick in the draft. He was the first guy that popped into my head. Who else could it be? Who, who who are the slow starters? PG didn't make it. I was thinking Gobert, but this is his first year in the All-Star game. And this is really starting to get ugly here. I haven't hit one of these on the head yet. Fine. I'll give you another one, Carson. Okay. He, he's in the East. I keep thinking of guys in the East. So I'm going to run down the entire Eastern Conference roster. Siakam, Embiid. I was about to say Beal. Ha, huh, not really. Tatum, Kemba, Giannis. Oh, 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 no, I was about to say Siakam, but he is a first-time All-Star. Wow, this is brutal. This is absolutely brutal. Not Sabonis, first-time All-Star. Not Bam, first-time All-Star. Not Jimmy Butler, even though I thought that I, I hit it there. Um, There's only a few more guys. Who could I be missing? Just run down all the teams in the NBA. I don't think it's Ben Simmons. I'm pretty sure he wasn't in the G League. Um... What other teams exist in basketball? It's not Trey Young. He's a teammate of a player that you've already named out of the East. Okay. Oh, and it was right in front of me all along. Former Detroit Piston, and I believe a member of the, what are they, the Fort Wayne Pistons? Chris Middleton. It is Chris Middleton. Took me long enough. Took me long enough, and frankly, I'm not even sure it counts 100%. This is... I'm slumping. These are good questions, and I'm just, like, I'm laboring through them. Okay, Logan, 
Here's a mainstream one for you. It'll be interesting to see if you have this one off the top of your head or if it actually ends up being hard. Which four NFL franchises have never been to a Super Bowl? Uh, the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, and the Texans and Jaguars? That's correct. This is also known as the AFC South and Depressed Midwestern Cities category. I would probably say so, but Cleveland's Midwest? I don't know. It's North Mid-East, I guess is North more. North Mid-East, yeah. North Mid-East, yeah. That's really, I don't think you consider Detroit or Cleveland Midwest, but they are. In, in a way. They're in that area geographically. They're just higher. So we don't consider them that. I think that it's an instance of we should, bias. We should we should write we should have an entire podcast on it. Yes, several. All right, what do you have for me? I'm trying to pick up morale here. Let's go. This is a tough one, actually. I was Good. I was hoping you were knocking the early ones out of the park, yeah, dude. This has got to be the longest cold streak either of us have had on a trivia time. <laughs> They're gonna make a graphic about it. It's I, gonna, ESPN's gonna be freezing. all over this. Okay, who led the 2006 NBA playoffs in points per game? Okay, so. My immediate thought is that Tracy McGrady lost in the first round and led the playoffs in scoring. Good thinking. Think of a player who would have gotten knocked out in the first round. It's not T-Mac, though. I have another answer. Allen Iverson. You're on the right track. Big-time scorers. Big-time scorers who were losing games. Oh, how about Kobe Bean Bryant? It is not the Bean. Uh, you just, at some point, you think you're going to hit one of these. Um, is it Gilbert Arenas? It is friend of the show, Gilbert Arenas. Friend of the program, baby. 34 points per game. I believe he only played in six games, but 34 points uh, per. Very impressive by friend of nerd sesh, Gilbert Arenas. An absolute killer, killer on the court, but a very nice guy and a close personal friend off it. All right, Logan. So after the NFL and the AFL officially merged in 1970, who was the first pick of their combined draft? Mm. That 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 grunt that sign is uh it just symbolizes I don't know the answer. Natural beauty is what that was. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I have a guess. My, my my thought process here. I only know drafts really. Um, starting with the Elway one. I think that's how most people are. I'm gonna go Terry Bradshaw though. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Let's and you go. hit it on the head out of Louisiana Tech. Terry Bradshaw, Logan Camden's not quite your nemesis, but maybe second to Philip Rivers. You and Terry no, I, have beef. I, I wouldn't really, I, I wouldn't say that I have love for Terry, but I respect him doing what was necessary to win Super Bowls. Which was throwing a lot of interceptions and not a lot of touchdowns? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Carson, my next question, a personal favorite of mine on this list. What current player is fourth in career assists per game? Okay. There's one that is just popping out of me. Carson, say it. Carson, say it. Chris Paul. Yes. All right. Carson, you know, he goes with his initial instincts and pulls it off. The three above him. Nice play-by-play -play there. Thanks. <laughs> all, <laughs> all retired. Uh, Magic Johnson, of course, one. Stockton, two. Oscar Robertson, three. And Chris Paul at four. Just for fun, do you know what current player is next in career assists per game? Well, I'm thinking... If Trey Young counts on this list, he would be a candidate. The other guy I really considered was Rondo. It's not Rondo. I don't know if it's going to be Rubio. Rubio should be in the conversation, but he, the past couple seasons, he, or in Utah, he was only averaging like five a game for a couple years because he was sort of off ball a little bit more. I don't know. Who is it? It's John Wall. Oh, 
of course. Sixth right now. He's an assist machine, that guy, when he's out there. All right, that was a good question. Nice for me to get a little momentum going here into the second half of trivia time. Logan, which active coach with at least three years of experience has the best winning percentage? Now, this is an interesting one. I want to say Harbaugh right off the bat just because I think he's pretty high. There's Tomlin, who's never had a losing season while Harbaugh has, but uh, I kind of want to say Doug Peterson, just like out of instinct. Peterson would be an instinct guess. I'm going to (laughs) go— Now my mind's asking, would he give two Steeler questions, uh, two Steeler-related questions in a row and give me Mike Tomlin? Um— Peterson and Tomlin are my two guesses. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with my boy Mike. Incorrect. Is it Doug Peterson? No. Is it Harbaugh? No. Wow. Okay. Uh, let me let me go for. G- give me two more guesses. All right. I'm gonna say. How long is Shanahan? Hasn't even coached for three years. Um, who else has been around a relatively short time and won a lot? I hope it's not Dan Quinn. Um, Frank Reich. No. Frank Reich hasn't coached three years. And neither is Mike Vrabel. That'd be my next. Who is it? Sean McVay, the whiz kid. And by the way, second on the list, the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Ring any bells? McVay at 68.8%. Belichick at 68.3%. Tomlin at 64.2%. And then Sean Payton at 63%. Peterson and Harbaugh were not on the list as far as I tracked it. That's disgusting. The McVay disgusts you? No, Belichick. Oh. And, and I just spaced on him. Yeah. Well, it's all right. It happens. I had Michael Jordan on the tip of my tongue, and I chose George George Gervin over him. So it happens sometimes. You know, sometimes you have Jordan on the uh, on your draft board, but you take Sam Bowie. It happens. I don't think that that was necessarily a mistake. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can have your opinion. I mean, Drexler got them to a, a finals. Yeah, that's a good point. It is a really good point. <laughs> Who led Carson to the 2009 Orlando Magic in points per game in the finals? Wow. I can't believe that it's not Dwight. So if it's not Dwight, I don't think it's Rashard Lewis because Hito was balling in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Hito Turgaloo. Instinct works. Hito Turgaloo is the answer. Uh, and you mentioned the guys who were 2-3. and three. Turgaloo, 18 points per game in the finals. Richard Lewis, 17.4 points per game in the finals. And Dwight came in with 15.4 in the finals. Wow, he wasn't even close. No. That's only a five-game sample, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, Hito, man, he was... I mean, he was so versatile. He could handle the ball at 6'8". He could shoot. He was ahead of his time in some ways. Logan, who is the Cleveland Browns all-time leader in passing yards who's also tied for the all-time franchise lead in wins as a quarterback? So this is a good question. I would probably, so my, my first guess would probably be Otto Graham. I'm going to think this through a little more. You've got guys who are good for a while. Bernie Kosar, uh, Brian Seip is an interesting candidate here. And those are the only three that I can really see throughout history unless I'm, no, I think those are the three guys. I'm going to go with Otto Graham. Otto Graham is incredibly close, but is second on the list. Is Bernie Kosar? Bernie Kosar is third on the list. Is it Brian Sipe? Brian Sipe is the all-time leader in passing yards with 23,713 as the Browns quarterback from 74 to 83. Also has a 57 and 55 record, which is tied with Otto Graham, who's like 57 and 14 or something. But Graham also has 23,584 yards. So he's just about 130 off. And then Kosar is close as well, 
21,904. So you had all the right guys. Just got them jumbled up a little bit. I'm not mad. I'm just glad I remembered who Brian Sipe was. Yeah, no, that was, it was a good performance overall. I mean, you pulled Sipe out pretty quickly. Yeah, thank you. Um, number 10. This is quite possibly my favorite and hardest question on the list. Are we numbering the questions now? Yeah. I, okay, good. This is number 10. I like it. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins started six of the seven games in the 2010 NBA Finals. Who was the big man who started the other? Ready? Leon Poe. It's not Leon Poe. Nah. Well, of course I'm going to think it's Glenn Big Baby Davis. And that's what I'm going to say. Glenn Davis. It's not. Okay. This one's going to take some thinking then. Actually, I don't think Leon Poe was even on this team. It was. I was really more thinking 2008, and I was thinking deep cuts with the Celtics. Who else could it be? Oh, oh, Sheed. It is Sheed. I'm so glad you got that. Yeah, it's so weird to think about the fact. I mean, that's his only season as a Celtic, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of bounced around in his career. Technically, a Atlanta Hawk at one point. Oh, I can't believe I said that was my favorite and hardest. I think the next one's going to get you. Okay, good. Um, Logan, this one's pretty straightforward. Which head coach guided the Broncos to their most Super Bowl appearances? Um, this is a good one. Um, I'm going through a couple teams here. Um, man, did Dan Reeves coach the Broncos? I genuinely can't remember. I I really want to say Dan Reeves for some reason. There's also, I don't know why Jerry Glanville's popping in my head, because I think Glanville, I mean, he coached the Falcons to a Super Bowl. And then the obvious pick is Mike Shanahan. I don't, is it Dan Reeves? It is Dan Reeves. Three Super Bowl appearances, no Super Bowl wins, whereas Shanahan has the two Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. It was a good performance, especially considering you couldn't even remember if he coached the team genuinely... to then put your faith in him as the number one as far as getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, something in the back. It's, dude, I need football back just so I can get back in my you know football knowledge rhythm where I'm just reading and consuming football every day, but... Reeves, I just remember getting blown out, and the Broncos getting blown out. Yeah. You put two and two together, you get Dan Reeves. Yeah, that's just about right. So this, I think, is I don't think you're going to get this one, Carson. And okay. if you do, you know what? Let's make it interesting. Okay. I'll put some Chick-fil-A on this, Carson. I was thinking about going to Chick-fil-A after this. This is a Chick-fil-A bonus question. All right. All right. I'll have you know, I don't have that much M&G left. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carson, who started at center? For the 2006 Dallas Mavericks during the NBA Finals. All right. So we got to put some emphasis on this one because we're talking big money here. I think this is a little bit too late for Rafe LaFrance. I think it's, well, I want to say Brendan Haywood. Um, It could be Eric Dampier or is it Dampier? I've heard it say, I've heard it Dampier, but I I prefer the French pronunciation. I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. Boy, I hope that I don't get this wrong. Something within me is saying Brendan Haywood. Something within me is also saying that I somehow haven't named the person yet. Mm, I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say Rafe LaFrance. Interesting guess. It is not LaFrance. And you mentioned the guy who started for them for a little bit during the regular season, Eric Dampier. But the guy who started the majority of games during the regular season and the entirety of the 2006 NBA Finals was DeSagna Diop. Oh, one of those random centers. You get some and random centers playing that, out there. That's exactly why I put it in, because I couldn't believe. I said, man, I've 
I mean, I've heard of this guy before. I played like NBA 2K11, but yeah. I did not know he started an entirety of a six-game NBA Finals. Mr. Jop, I believe it's pronounced. Logan, this is kind of a tough one, but I think it's an interesting one. So maybe this is a little more for the fans at home. In 2013, the Jacksonville Jaguars covered a 26.5-point spread as the largest underdogs since the merger in a 35-19 loss. There's two parts to this question. Who did they play, and who was their leading passer, rusher, and receiver in this game? I'm going to say the New England Patriots? No. The Indianapolis Colts? No. Who was good in 2013? The Broncos? Yes. So Denver's who they played quarterback chad henney yes rushing maurice oh no no, no. maurice jones was a raider by then or he was retired and oh man who played running back for them in 2013 uh oh 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 a uh, little short fast guy played for you guys um speedy guy i may not comment tj yeldon no who's it running back back then receiving is it alan hearns no is it uh, justin blackman yes Justin Blackman at wideout. I would revisit the running back position. I have my guess. Okay. I'm hoping it's the man I put a lot of fantasy stock back in the day on. Okay. Is it Toby Gerhardt? No, it is not Toby Gerhardt. I think you should think back to someone that you already said. Hint, hint. It's MJD? It is MJD. He was still kicking at this point. I kind of couldn't believe it either. And we've discussed this maybe on air I felt like Maurice Jones-Drew played for six years, but what psyched me out is, looking back on pro football reference, his peak was maybe three years. He had like three great years, but when you're eight years old, it feels like it's your entire frame of reference, Mm -hmm. so I agree. It felt like he was great for a decade. Yes, this was the 5-0 Broncos versus the 0-5 Jags. Henny had 303 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. MJD, 20 for 71 and a touchdown, a solid game, and Blackman, 14 catches, for 190 yards. Look, I told you guys he was going to be good, okay? And he was. He was great. All right, Carson. We're going to talk about another team that was kind of great. Okay. The 2018 Cavaliers. They got swept in the finals by your Golden State Warriors. However, they were the four seed that year in the East. Can you name the three teams who finished above them in the regular season standings? This is 2017 to 2018. The Boston Celtics. Second seed. The Toronto Raptors. The one seed. And who was the three seed? So, of course, this year they played the Pacers in the first round. Then they destroyed the Raptors, and then they beat the Celtics in a very close game seven. Who did the Celtics have to beat to get there? Uh, This is about to be cash money, as the kids are saying. The Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, That is cash money, and I have heard the kids saying it. And I can tell you exactly how many wins they had this year. They were 52-30. and 30. Yes. Because they were much better down the stretch after a pretty rough start. They added Bellinelli, they added Ilyasova, and they were cruising from that. Thank you for that commentary, Carson. You're welcome. All right, Logan. Tom Brady is one of four quarterbacks ever with a 3,000-plus yard season in his 40s. He actually has three of them, and they're all 4,000-plus. Who are the other three quarterbacks? Uh, Drew Brees. No. Wait. You said 40s. Yes. Is Drew Brees 40 yet? I think he's 40 now. I think Drew Brees has just been 40 my entire life. Yeah. Um, Three other quarterbacks. I just got to think about old guys who played. George Blanda? Nope. Warren Moon? Yes. Okay, so we've got Warren. He played into Brett Favre. Yes, one to go. Okay, we've got two out of three here. Vinny Testaverde? 
Yes. You went on a little bit of a roll there. Favre is the only other one with 4,000. He had that great 33 touchdowns, 7 interception season in 09 with the Vikings. Then you have Warren Moon, 36-76, 25 touchdowns to 16 picks for the Seahawks in 97 at 41 years old. And Vinny Testaverde, a favorite here at Nerd Sesh and Trivia Time, 35-32, 17 touchdowns to 20 interceptions in Dallas at 41 years old in 2004. I love any quarterback question, Carson. You know that, and... This is one of my favorites. Well, especially when they involve Vinny Testaverde, as uh, they often do. And Brett Favre. Yeah. I mean, this is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was the Defensive Player of the Year in the 2012-2013 season? Well, I was about to say Mark Gasol. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the year that Gasol won it and was not first-team all-defense. But if we walk it back, Gobert's won the last two years. Then it was Draymond before that. Then it was two years of Kawhi. I think that this is Marc Gasol. I figured you might say someone like Joe Kim Noah or something along the lines of that, but it is Marc Gasol. All right. Yeah, this is really one of the anomalies in NBA history. Wins Defensive Player of the Year, not first team all defense. Okay, Logan. Who has the most career games with 500 yards passing? Ben Roethlisberger. That's correct. I thought you might be able to just pull that one out. I think... Yeah, I mean, Ben's played in some big games, and just watching as much Steeler football as I do, I remember the one against the Jaguars. I remember, I don't know, you read a lot of these same numbers, Mm -hmm. like the only quarterback to throw 12 touchdowns in back-to-back games. So, yeah. Two 12-touchdown games? That's incredible. No, I got got what you're saying. Yeah, Ben has three of them. The only other person with even two is Drew Brees, who seems to come up in every single one of these discussions. Yeah, it, it seems like it. All right, Carson, this is our second-to-last question. Okay. Bobby Jones won the first-ever Sixth Man of the Year award. What year was this? Bobby Jones, what a great player. So Jones's peak was probably, did he come into the league in 76? Somewhere around there, like 76 to 85, I'm going to say. Was a really good ABA player. First was on that Nuggets team with David Thompson. I'm going to say that this was... The 78-79 season. You're very close. Only about three years off. Well, my first guess was going to be the 82-83 season, but that's four years off. That's 82-3. Sorry. So I... your, mouth, your math was unsound. Yeah. Well, that's the. I mean, that makes sense. That's the best Sixers team ever. That's the faux-faux-faux squad. And, uh, I, yeah, I guess Bobby Jones was probably starting until that mm-hmm. year. So really great player. Hall of Fame yeah. career and a deserving Hall of Famer. I like that question. Okay, Logan, here's a little bit of an obscure one, but I think you might get it. Since 2000, three wide receivers have thrown multiple touchdown passes in a single season. Can you name one? I bet you can name one. How many have done it? Three. Mohamed Sanu. No, never never done multiple in a season. Heinz Ward? Nope. Antoine Randall-L. Yes, he's one of them. Okay. I bet you can name at least one more, though. Randall-L. Antonio Brown? Mm-mm. I know Brown's thrown a couple passes. Um, it's just wideouts or Ladanian would be on here somewhere. Um, passing wide receivers, Julian Edelman. Nope. Randall Cobb. Nope. Just kind of naming. War- yeah. War- these are all good guesses. Wideouts who played quarterback. Um, I'll concede. Who are the other two? OBJ. Okay. And this one you never would have gotten Rod Gardner, but OBJ in 2018, Antoine Randall L in 2010, Rod Gardner in 2003. They all had two. Exactly. Very good question. Carson. We're going to swing it back over. So the late great. Kobe Bean Bryant led the NBA in scoring in 2007 and 2008. 
Who was the last player before him to lead the NBA in scoring in back-to-back seasons? Are you sure it's not 2006 and 2007? Because he went 35.4 in 05-06 and 31.6 in 06-07. And if I got both of those exactly on the head, I would like someone to give me a cookie. I have now lost all journalistic credibility. <laughs> um, Carson has corrected me on my own question. So, did before, I get did I get the numbers exactly right can, too? Can you repeat them? What did you say? Thirty five point four and thirty one point six. Rounded, yes. How far? I, I think thirty one point five six. Okay, so that is correct. Rounded. Yeah. All right, I'll take that. Man, you you're disgusting. Thanks. Who did it before him? Back to back seasons. The last person or the person directly before him? Okay. So if you're thinking about all-time scoring titles, I mean, MJ has 10, but I think that between that, I'm going to say that Allen Iverson did it. It's not Allen Iverson. Someone did it after Iverson. Whoa. In between them. T-Mac. It is T-Mac. Incredible. Peak T-Mac was something special, man. You also consider the fact that he's 6'8 and can pass like he could. Just such a shame that injuries took him away. And also, we never got to see him and Grant Hill really play together when Grant Hill was also so special. Okay, Logan, which team had the longest regular season win streak ever? And this can carry over across multiple seasons because otherwise, obviously, it would be the Pats with 16. Yeah, I, well, you shook me up there a little bit with the Pats comment, but they seem to be the obvious answer that wasn't my intention my intention was to say it's not obviously the one 16 and 0 team ever um thinking about great all-time teams i mean you have the undefeated dolphins and your comment about the pats scares me off of them as an answer so i'm gonna say the 70s dolphins no how what what, what era are we talking here i'm not gonna tell you you gotta think this one through oh, the the 49ers I... no Man, um, I just named a team. No year. Just if any any 49ers year. <laughs> so good, that's actually a good strategy. Um, I don't know. Okay. Are you sure you don't want to throw a guess out there? I'll give you one more. I'll use my maximum brain power right okay. now. Uh, let's go. Let's go Patriots. Let's just say them. Wrong. So wrong. Although they are second. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And third. Is it somehow the Buffalo Bills? It's not the Buffalo Bills, although that would have been a great question. It was the Colts from 08 to 09. They won 23 straight, 9 straight to end 08, then 14 straight to start 09 before losing their last two to the Jets and Bills, which they didn't really care about. Next is the 06 to 08 Pats with 21, then the 0304 Pats with 18, then the 14 to 15 Panthers with 18 as well. Wow. Because that's the incredible run where they go from... They win their last four to make that remarkable playoffs where they start 3-8-1, and one, and then they sneak in because the NFC South is terrible, and then they win 14 straight to start the next year. That team is going to be lost to history. Completely lost. I mean, such an—I guess I'd say an anomaly. I mean, Yeah, really a unique team. Just It's something that happens, you know, obviously with Super Bowl slumps, but with the Panthers, it was so drastic, so quick. It was a shooting star that burned out like that. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm not mistaken, you are now done, but as per usual... Okay, this this has, this has makes no sense. No, it's because I give you a bonus oh, question yes. about a quarterback from 2005 on. And we were just talking about the Panthers, 
Who was the quarterback of the 2015 Panthers? <laughs> no, that's a joke. It's Cam Newton. That's his MVP season. Who is the quarterback of the 2010 Panthers? Jimmy Clausen. Nailed it. Right on the head. The reason I remember Jimmy Clausen so prominently was in 2009 or 2010, I got his rookie card. And it was, I remember on the back of it, it said tops, one of five in the world. And I'm thinking, Wow. And I'm thinking, man. This thing's going to be valuable once Jimmy Clausen's good. And then he never was. So thanks for that, Jimmy. He was 1-9 this season. This is a real test. Can you name another person who started five games for that? Matt Moore? Oh, you are, you're ending this show on fire. Matt Moore, also 1-4. Panthers, 2-14 overall that year. And you had both of them in your back pocket. And they end up getting the 2015 Panthers quarterback, Cam Newton, with a number one pick. Yeah. Are you sure that he was the quarterback in 2015? It might have been Jake DeLome. I think it was Jake DeLome. So that's going to do it for us here at Nerd Sesh. For a little bit over a week, we will be back Wednesday the 18th. I'm guessing that date. I don't have a calendar in front of me. But that Wednesday, we'll be back with NBA content and then obviously sports history. Then we'll do the live show that Sunday. So saying goodbye for a little bit, I am Carson Brabber. I am Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.